1: Hey, ho, what's up, everybody?
2: Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing the good times and music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We should move this up a little bit. There we go. And you should move in a little bit because you're not out of the picture. <laughs> so, what's up, everybody? We got a great show for you guys today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we have uh, two great guests. put your foot off the thing. My foot's not on it. It doesn't roll. That thing doesn't roll. <laughs> now we're crooked. They'll push this back. No, no, no. There you go. Uh, oh. um, so, and, we're fighting already. The show hasn't even started. I mean, well, uh, when we're oh. straight on it so much better. Uh, no, I like it. I know. Um, anyway, so we got a great show for you guys today. First off, we've got writer director, uh, producer Adam Marcus coming on. His horror movies have gone to number one at the box office worldwide when they come out. It's gonna be a lot of fun and he's written them and directed them. So it'll be a lot of fun. and we haven't really had too many you know writer directors on the show, so I think it'll be a blast. Um, then we have Monique Dupree coming on. And we met her many, many years ago at a convention. She's related to Tony Todd, the Candyman, and she's fabulous, and she's a lot of fun, and she does everything in in the entertainment industry and in horror. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, I also want to thank everybody for listening to the show. We hit uh, number 90 in the iTunes charts this, uh, this week. It's the first time we ever charted, I think, that I can remember. Um, so we're number 90 under TV and film, and since most people don't listen to us on iTunes, it's a big thing, and so we want to thank everybody for listening, and we're going to see if we can get more people to listen to us on iTunes so we can go up the charts a little bit more. No. And this is my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. I, I'm, I forgot. I, I'm not talking I was you. all excited. I'm, our not, I'm not
3: talking <laughs> to you because you're not really uh, a, a kind, good man.
2: I am, too. I just forgot. I'm all excited you know, about our guests. No, no, you're,
3: you're not. You know Why? Why? You, you said something about me sitting on an angle, mm-hmm. and you thought it was wrong because he likes to be the director. <laughs> the reason I'm sitting on an angle is I've had surgery on my neck right here, remember? Mm-hmm. And I'm not supposed to twist my neck, remember? Yeah. And that's why I'm sitting on an angle, so I could look at your magnificently ugly face. Oh, I didn't think you ever looked at turn. me. I didn't
2: think you ever looked at me during the show
3: anyway. with a great deal of effort. <laughs> I, I look at you. I try not to be nauseous, but I look at <coughs> you just the same. That's nice. So there you go. You really don't Which care you're about me. Fabulous. you really, feeling fabulous. You don't really care about me. That's why I'm going to see an attorney.
2: Yes. Look how gorgeous he looks, you guys. Yeah, right. Like a
3: wrinkled old Mr. Magoo. No, look, you look gorgeous. I look like Mr. Magoo. Anyway, you look let's, let's not change the subject from your rude. No, no, we have to go to the next... Horrible hatefulness. I don't
2: think you ever looked at it. I didn't really realize. It. I thought
3: you all so, looked
2: at Remember what the doctor said? No sudden jerks. Yes, he said no sudden No nerves. twisting of your neck. What you guys, this isn't a permanent thing. He'll be. He's healing. He's in the feet. It's only been a week right and here. a half, two weeks since the, right. the surgery. This, this was to prevent me
3: from having a stroke. Uh, everyone my age should have this done. There's an artery that goes up here that clogs. And this is what causes strokes and heart attacks. So they went in and they put a stent and a filter and they cleared it so that nothing, no debris or garbage can go up here into my brain. Now, in doing so, when they went in, they found there was no brain. (laughs) So they said, you're medical, science, history, because you're the only human being that can speak without a brain. And I said, yeah, a lot of people have told me that I am brainless and I speak without a brain. Anyway, let's get back to We Jimmy. have the chat room. No, let's get back to Jimmy, the hateful man.
2: No, let's not. Let's talk about it. Let's say hi.
3: You don't care about my neck. You really don't care.
2: Of course I care about your neck. It looks like it's healing beautifully. It actually. is
3: healing beautifully.
2: But so what's up? Don Hinton is in the chat room. Hi, Bell is in the chat room. We want to give a shout out to Lady Lake. She's under the weather. She sent me. She did all our promos for us, but she sent Lady me. Lady Lake, in, what's wrong? Thanks, Sam. Are, like, well, are you pregnant? You no, know, something about the smoke coming in from Canada, like. Oh, I thought maybe she was pregnant. Like she's ill from the smoke. Smoke
3: from Canada. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, everything is like going weird. Everything's going smoke weird. Smoke
3: is coming in from Canada. Huh. That's... that's I haven't heard about that one yet.
2: There's all kinds of weird things going on in the world. Um, we went, you guys, Friday night. You know, last week we did the show for Night Mistress and all the casting Not all. Some of the cast and crew were on the show. We got to meet everybody last uh, Friday night. We had a great time meeting people. It was a lot of fun. And... We went out and had uh, food at a restaurant, and Ron smelled like garlic for four days. <laughs> he had a great sandwich. Tell him, you did. You said you'd love the sandwich. We're at the Roosevelt Hotel, a very nice hotel in uh, across the street from uh, Madame Tussauds' Chinese Theater.
3: I, I loved the sandwich. It was a vegetable sandwich. It was eggplant, zucchini, all kinds of wonderful um, chicory, all kinds of wonderful vegetables, stir-fried in the most magnificent garlic sauce. It was the best thing I've eaten in months, years, a long time. Jimmy complained about my garlic scent all night long. Okay. He forgets that when I met him, I couldn't stand what he smelled like. He smelled like, like rotten human, like he, like he was dead. He, he was decaying. And we found out that it was Mountain Dew.
2: Yeah, you guys. Mountain Dew has formaldehyde. He
3: drank, it has formaldehyde, and it and Jimmy smelled of formaldehyde, but he forgets that. So you see, it isn't all perfect. You know, marriage is, don't get married if you can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, right. No way, marriage is gone. It's not the best thing in the world. It's okay for a short time. Then after a while, it becomes really monotonous, boring. And then they, they want you to snap your neck and die. And they, they insult you about garlic.
2: It was everybody was so. We bought two things of mint, you guys. The garlic was so bad, and he was apologizing. To and me. you
3: know how many people said to me oil. Oh, they love didn't it. mind it. They liked it. They the smell. loved the smell because most of them were Hispanic. Yeah. And Hispanic people love garlic like Italians do. We use garlic in all our cooking, not like you waspy creatures.
2: Actually, I like garlic.
3: You know, food. we went to Florida when we lived on the East Coast. We went to Florida and stayed with Jimmy's dad in Palm Beach, and. I was cooking and I was sautéing garlic and olive oil. Suddenly Jimmy's father jumped in the air screaming, what is that smell, that disgusting smell? He ran around opening all the sliding doors, going out to the balconies to get rid of the smell. And I said to him very nicely, I said, it's garlic and olive oil. And when you cook garlic and olive oil, the smell is just incredible. Don't you eat in restaurants and don't you smell it in restaurants? Anyway, from then on, I never cooked again. That's right. It was I, I didn't. You know what I did for the boys? I threw steak at them. I watched them eat like lions—red, <laughs> bloody meat, cancer-causing food—and the two of them ate it like it was going out of style.
2: I like the olive oil. It wasn't me who said anything, but I love the smell. No,
3: well, I had to train you. But when I met you, you were not a fan of olive oil. I didn't
2: eat a lot of Italian. I only eat chicken, which is still my favorite thing to eat to this day—is chicken parmesan. But now I love it.
3: And I'm a damn good cook. So, so it's not like I make crap. You know, I make everything homemade, and most of it by hand. I don't care for uh, uh, factory-made goods or canned goods. I eat very healthy, and I try very hard to, but there are times I slip up. But the majority of my days and nights, I eat very well. We want to give a shout-out to Hub Reynolds joined
2: us. What's up, How Hub? Hub? How you doing in the How new house? Hub Reynolds? He's in the new he's, house. Yeah, he's in the new house, and he has a new song coming out soon.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, can we hear it, Evan?
2: Well, it's not ready. How, it's are we just... going to
3: hear your song or what?
2: I'm not sure when he's doing the song, but I just know he's doing a new song. He's promoting that. It's coming soon.
3: Okay, good. We'll, we'll push it for you. This way you can make a lot of money.
2: So, Absolutely. You, so you can,
3: you know, get horses and cows and buffalo and reindeer
2: on your ranch. He wrote, I'm in love. I don't know if that means he's in love with us or if that's the name of the song. I'm
3: sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's not in love
2: with you because you're wicked. Maybe he's in love with me because I'm wonderful. Is that the name of the song hub? Let us know. In the meantime, you guys, we watched a TV show the other night. We only watched it for a minute because it was drawn out. But it was hilarious. And it's on HBO Max and it's called Naked Attraction. And you got to watch at least one episode. It's basically like a show. It's a British show on HBO with, where all the contestants are naked from the waist down. And you pick if you want to go out with them based on their penis. <laughs> and it shows it to them. It was hilarious. It was so funny. I could. I almost peed myself. It was so funny. And then they also have women where you have to go and see from their, you know, hoo-hoo down. Uh, and then they show the next batch, and then they show the face.
3: They even tra- show a, a tranny.
2: Yeah, So for those of you
3: out there that want to know what a woman looks like after a change, you can watch this show. Now, I looked at all those penises, and I said to Jimmy, I really never understood how lucky I am. <laughs> because if they considered those penises big... Well,
2: it was—it's very, very funny, you guys. It really is. I don't funny. think it's funny. I think it's and expl- you were laughing.
3: No, I wasn't. because <laughs> I was laughing; it because my daughters were hysterical. <laughs> uh, it, no, it, it makes fun of the human body, because some of them are fat with big tits, and they're bouncing, and they make them jump up and down. You know, they're making fun of the human people. I, I don't care. It's not, thats not Showtime. That's a freak show making fun. And why do you have to you show your penis to get on television?
2: I mean... I don't know how you would even be able to keep a job. Like, I would think your job no, would be... No, no, no. I just think
3: that we've gotten to the bottom of the barrel, and whoever is the producer of that show is a little deranged and is doing it for money. They're exploiting human
2: people, people, women. And not, the, by the way, it's six seasons of it, too. I know
3: that because people want to watch this. They love to see what other people look like naked. We all look the same. A woman standing up looks like a woman standing up. You don't see any difference. And a man standing up with six inches, what's a big deal? They all have tattoos everywhere I mean, though. It was just- They're all uncircumcised because it's England. Nobody uh, cuts in England, they don't circumcise. Yeah? So for those of you out there that get repulsed by a dick that's not circumcised, you're not gonna enjoy the show.
2: And for those I, I people recommend- out there that love uncut, I guess they'll love it. I recommend watching just one episode of it just to see it because it's really very, I don't recommend watching it at all
3: because you're going to give it a rating. I think it's demeaning. I think it's without any kind of purpose, talent. There's no creative writing, photography, music, storyline. It's just six men standing there
2: naked. Anyway, check Where it out. Where the hell have we arrived in show? We also want to welcome B. Claudia. Thank you so much, B, for all making all the graphics for the show. You you rock. Um, we love it. And uh, welcome, B, to the show. Um, I had something else I was going to say, then and I just forgot. Isn't that weird?
3: That's because uh, you're not penis crazed.
2: No, I'm not penis crazed. But it was fun. B sent me a video, too, I think, of something. but uh, No, I have not seen the new American Horror Story yet, uh, Don, but I am going to watch it. And... Um, and, and everything is, like, good all the way around. Also, we want to just let everybody know, too, if you want to go to Halloween Hotness or just promote, you can go to Halloween-Hotness.com. It's not, no, is that a hyphen or a little dash? Halloween-Hotness.com.
3: Graduated
2: sixth from uh, this class. I forget. He's
3: asking me who got kicked out of high school. Whatever. I mean,
2: really. So what was it? I'm well, gonna tell is you. it a hyphen? I think it's called a hyphen. But you don't I'm know what a sure. hyphen is? I get confused. I don't remember. And you say you graduated sixth in Doesn't your class. Matter. that was fucking I Your ass I've graduated i I'm sixth in almost 60 course. now. That was like oh, 40 please, years ago.
3: Please, please. I remember 40 years ago better than I remember I know well, that's that's, ago. that's not so good. <laughs> it keeps bragging. I graduated sixth in my class. I did graduate. That's sixth in, in my Florida class. because you know back in those days nobody went to school in Florida that's not from true. the New Yorkers. When they moved down to Florida and had children, put them all in private school because the schooling system was so bad in Florida. No, it's not. I'm talking about college. No, if you graduated sixth in your class in college, I could have, who got kicked out of school, would have graduated one in my class because I'm a lot smarter than you, for Vocabulary, spelling, teach. I mean, history. I know more. You know, Jimmy, come on.
2: Anyway, I did graduate sixth in my class. Uh, I don't know how we did it? You must have blown the teacher. No, never. So, um, so uh, we want to also thank everybody for tuning in every week. Like I said before, you can hear us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. Those are the biggest platforms, but we're also on about a hundred and forty something other ones. So you can get us on any of those platforms, and hopefully, it all. Uh, you know, comes back and we can find out how many people are listening to the show. But we want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. Uh, it's a lot of fun.
3: We're like some kind of fungus. We're all over.
2: Yeah, we're all We're all over. Uh, and, uh,
3: fungus. Easy greasy. There's a fungus among us. Remember that? No, what is that? Okay, in Florida, they never had those things. New York, Brooklyn. What is it called? Easy greasy. There's a fungus among us. Yeah, I don't even know what that Easy, is. greasy. Okay. Greasy was a sleazy, greasy guy. Okay. There's a fungus among us. A fungus is among us, which meant, watch out, guys, there's a squealer, a creep among us. All right? Okay. <clears throat> so that's what you say. Easy, greasy, there's a fungus among us.
2: Okay. Easy, greasy, there's a fungus among us, everybody. <laughs> <sighs>
3: God, give me strength.
2: All right, so right now we're going to take a quick break. Let's take a little music break since we haven't done that lately. Uh, this is J Cap. The name of the song is Cost Me. And uh, hopefully, our, I'm going to send a little text message to our guest, and we should have a guest hopefully when we come back. So, here you guys enjoy J Cap Cost Me. We'll be right <laughs> back.
1: So we All my shit get trippin' I can't just spend the size of the life I wanna be living. It was never gonna be given That's just how I had to learn it And now I know the truth that I gotta go out and earn it I have my ups and downs in the end it's all progression Took me long enough but I finally learned my lesson I was young, I was dumb, I thought money was so evil Not yet tasted freedom, I relied on other people oh silly, me, penniless philosophy I had no clue what it was. Cause when I was young, I was dumb, but thought money was so evil Now I not taste the freedom, I relied on other people Oh, silly me, penniless philosophy I had no clue what it was gonna cost me Yeah, 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 yeah Don't cost me Cause I know
2: Hey, everybody. So that was J-Cab. name of the song was uh, Cost Me. We are going to bring our first guest on now. I'm super excited. Something new for the Jimmy Star Show with Von Russell. Hello, Adam. How you doing? Say something. Hi, guys.
4: Good to see you guys. How you doing?
2: Good. Hello. And we can Hello. hear you really well, too. All right. Let me make my introduction. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Von Russell, writer, director, producer, and sometimes actor, Adam Marcus. Hello, and welcome to the show.
4: Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm excited to talk to you.
2: Uh, So before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Yeah, hi. Jimmy
3: said you were big shit. (laughs) 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 I love it. A big deal director, producer, actor.
2: Not actor. He said he's an actor. I know, but he's not a big deal produ- actor. He's a big deal writer and director.
3: Writer and director? Are you writing decent scripts, I hope, I hope, I hope?
2: Trying
4: trying my best.
3: Not copycat scripts like every other movie we watch? No,
4: no, no. Isn't it
3: means. horrible how they start a trend and then everybody jumps on the trend and they yes. do the same movie? Like like five people get killed in a house oh, he didn't, Wait,
4: I mean, he in New
1: York,
4: <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> no, but, no, but I'll tell you something interesting. You, uh, you guys know Mike Medavoy, right? The the famed producer. So Mike, uh, uh, Deborah, my, my writing partner and my uh, amazing wife, um, she and I wrote a movie for Mike years ago. And he wrote this absolutely incredible book, right, um, about the industry. And the first thing in his book, and it was the first thing he talked to me was, he said... Never follow trends because by the time you're jumping on that bandwagon, that bandwagon is over.
2: Absolutely, and it's boring. Yep, <laughs> so it's to awesome be done. Hold on, we have a chat
3: room with people in it. Oh, we can... know someone I'm not gonna name. Hang you. on, let me say hi to the why, chat room. Why are you
4: interrupting
2: me? Because I like to do that first before you we do start this talk. for Every show you interrupt, we're married. So, I have a question is your writing partner actually your, your wife?
4: She sure is. I didn't know, I know that she interrupted interrupt you when you speak constantly (laughs) thank you by the way by the way i learned i learned pretty early on just like when she's talking just shut my mouth just just oh i didn't learn that
2: part
4: yet not i'm not a lot i'm not a lot
3: i think the problem here is if i stop talking the show won't be number one anymore That's it. will go back. It'll be like what it was before I went on
4: it. Fifteen. Years. See this dynamic. This dynamic though is fantastic. Like this is this is I live for stuff like this. This is perfect.
3: No, fifteen years ago we had like three people. That's listening. not true. I came on the show. Now we have five million. I mean, <laughs> he right? Love it. me. I mean, if he ha- if he handled this show, you right now
2: would be snoring. You know. No no anyway, please say hi to the chat room. We have a ton of people in the chat room, and then. Because uh, we have one one person who never misses a show, and she's the biggest horror fan ever. I know. No, she, no, no! Hold wait, stop wait.
3: it! Don't. Again, you insulted her. No, didn't. You said she's the biggest horror
4: horror fan.
2: Horror. How do you say horror?
4: Not horror. Horror. It's uh, horror. by the way, it, it is it is the most uh, easily missaid word. It really is because it does sound like you're saying horror. New York. Me too. Me too, man.
3: We had a guest on, she was lovely, and Jimmy said she was the biggest whore, and she just said, what? He called her the biggest whore.
2: I no, did not horror,
4: horror show. Anyway. Ron, Ron, are you a Bronx boy? Brooklyn, baby. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. yeah,
3: Brooklyn.
4: Look, Red Hook. I lived in Williamsburg for a little bit.
3: Okay, so I come from with the gang, so all the mafia started in Red Hook. Back Damn in
4: the it did. So wait a second, say hi to the Chatham, and then say hi to Dawn, because I'm sure she watched all your movies in the last couple of days, knowing oh, you I coming seen on. Hi, Dawn, how you doing? You <laughs> Thank go. you. Hey, like, hey, by the way, by the way, look, uh, horror fans are absolutely, without any exception, the best fans in the world. They are. They're That's the most cool. loyal. They are, li- they are truly an amazing crowd. Um, it's, it's why I'm always up for interacting with any of them. So it's, uh, I think it's terrific. so yeah. you're
2: actually from Connecticut,
4: right? I'm actually originally from Manhattan. Uh, then my parents split up. My mom moved to Connecticut, to Westport, Connecticut. and My dad stayed in, in New York and, uh, and I broke up my time between the two. So, but yes, I, I was raised in Westport, Connecticut.
2: And you went to, and you went to NYU. So I sure did. I love it. Cause like yeah. you have a lot of accolades for people that might not know things about you. First of all, you guys, a couple of the things uh, that you would know that, that uh, Adam did. So he did Jason goes to hell uh, the final Friday. Cool. And I read, cause I was like researching you trying to find some different things that at the time you were the youngest. Uh, first of all, new line cinema hired you and you were the youngest director um, at the time. Um, and it was one of the biggest releases that they had at the time was yeah. Jason goes to hell. Yeah. Uh,
3: Oh, he's Jason.
2: Yeah, he's Jason. He does Jason. And it's funny because I I love it shit. Uh I literally I literally uh 2 weeks ago I had uh a meeting with Sean Cunningham and uh-huh. I he and he was on our show many many years ago. Uh-huh. So so let's talk about that a little bit just because it's such sure. an iconic sh- movie. How is it that you got involved with Jason Goes to Hell and meet Sean Cunningham and and what was it like doing one of the biggest
4: franch- horror franchises, you know, ever to be released? Sure. Um, I, uh, well, as you had stated earlier, I grew up in Westport, Connecticut, and that's where Sean grew up. Sean was a Westporter his whole life and into his adulthood. Um, and, in fact, his parents were also native Westporters. And so uh, Sean's son, Noel, and I became best friends when we were eight years old. Okay. And, uh yeah. I loved, I was a movie kid from day one. My whole family's in the industry. Um, my uncle is a, a, a brilliant actor named Ned Eisenberg, um, who, if you ever watch Law & Order, every third episode he's on is a different lawyer. Okay. Uh, we lost Ned a couple of years ago, but he was one of the people who gave me really the bug to do what I do. And so even at eight, I was all about movies and all about telling stories. And so um, Noel, Noel's father- sure? yeah. Were
3: you eight before
4: you were seven? Just. That's um, a Mae West joke. I figured I couldn't
3: resist it. It's
4: good. It's good. Um, so uh so I uh Noel and I I found out that Noel Noel's dad uh had made a porn movie. Um this was sort of the hubbub uh around the eight-year-old crowd. And uh <laughs> And so I started questioning him about it. He's like, he's like, yeah, but my dad's made a lot of other movies. And come to find out, he had made Last House on the Left. And i had never seen the movie, but I had heard of the movie and I knew how notorious it was. And so uh, when I started hanging out at Sean's, anytime Sean was working on a movie, I was always there. I was always sort of in his face and on his shoulder and wanting to know everything about it. So, um, uh, around the first Friday, the 13th, uh, I PA for Sean for a short period of time, all child labor laws be damned. I was 10 years <laughs> old, um, on that one. Uh, and then, uh, I apprenticed edited for his wife, Susan Cunningham, who, uh, God rest her soul was an amazing, amazing woman and a brilliant editor. And I worked with her on the movie spring break, which I was 13 when I was working on that, by the way, um, the most inappropriate movie for a 13 year old to work on ever. Uh, it is literally wall to wall boobs. Who, that's it, that's the whole right, movie. Right, right. Um, I, right. I like to say, I like to say, I walked in, I walked into the uh editing room, a boy came out, a man. Um, and
3: so you right before you were seven, exactly. <laughs> so,
4: so, uh, Right after that, I created my first of two theatrical companies in Connecticut. And so I was 15 and I was already running my own theater and um, producing shows. And Sean actually got involved in that, like helped me with some financing at the beginning of of the journey of that. And it it became, it snowballed. I I ended up uh, producing, directing, choreographing over 80 shows inside the time from 15 to 21. Oh my God. Yeah, it was amazing. And it was Connecticut, and this is the 80s, where you could actually, where theater made money, where, like, people would pay to see a show. My
3: the good old days. Those were the days. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. And
3: so that. that I'm more from the boards, from the boards than the film. I right. I did boards for 64 years. Uh, and okay. we made money. Now you can't make
4: oh, money. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. Wait, Can't. do you
2: live in Connecticut
4: now, or do you live here in L.A.? No, I live in I live in El Segundo. I live right right along the, the ocean. I, I, I love it out here, actually.
3: You gave up Connecticut for California? You're nuts. I,
4: I really did. I really I did.
3: Oh, I love Connecticut. I, it's uh, the beautiful, most beautiful state.
4: It's wow. extraordinary, it's extraordinary, but in February, I'm really happy to be here.
3: No, yes. no, no, no. What's nicer than fire, snow outside and cuddling? No. I, I, I love I, it. I, I
4: I love, I love uh, it until you get to the backbreaking of snowing the, the the of shoveling the snow off the driveway so you can get the hell out of your house and get away from the person you were at the fire with. I'm just saying. Oh, yes. <laughs> get away from the person. With that's why Palm Springs is so freaking hot. That's oh, I'm funny. so sick of the heat. Oh, that's hot. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm that, sick that is of hot. I'm Not sick hot. Of
3: sunshine, I'm sick of the heat. It's monotonous. The same clothing. The same sweating, the same everything.
4: I actually don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, look, it's why New York tends to be a much more fashionable place um, is simply that you actually have to have fashion because you have to change yes. your clothes. Yes. The holidays in Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, ama- no, amazing.
3: Amazing. We don't have, we don't have holidays out here. No. Everybody out here is an orphan. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they
3: have no background. They come from cool.
4: You're she right. Ohio or you're right. But I will tell you something. Being a theater kid, what happened, why I love LA so much, is that um while I've been making movies and doing all of the stuff that I do, you're I,
3: a rare creature. The what? You're a rare creature. I've no, never well. heard anyone say I love LA in 40 years.
4: <laughs> I do, I do, and I, I but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you why, because there there is a really specific reason. Um, you know, coming out of the theater the way I did and loving actors the way I love actors, I've been teaching acting the whole time I've been making movies in L.A. I've run a studio uh, Skeleton Crew, which is my production company is also the name of my theatrical company out here. And Say I have slowly Adam, give us those names again yes. slowly. Your- sure. Production company. Your production. Oh, skel- skeleton Crew. Skeleton, Ske- skeleton Crew is oh. Skeleton yeah. Crew. mm mm-hmm. Which is my philosophy behind filmmaking and around theater, which is, you know, uh, I I hate the bloat of the Hollywood system. Like, there's just so much extra bloat um, yeah. that you end up with, you know, people being bored on set. Whenever I hear anybody say, oh, my God, set is so boring, I'm like, what sets have you been on?
3: And get out of the business.
4: <laughs> well, honestly, honestly, if you're sitting around, if you have time to sit around on set, that's a badly managed set. But you know what? That's why
3: films today are so bad. I'm from the olden days. My I, Listen, my first movie was 1959 mm-hmm. with Sophia Loren and Ted Hunter, okay? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. No, one, no one was bored. No one sat around bored. No, what no. We did, you know what we did? We kept working our lines to yes. see if we could improve them. Because yes. now we had the people we're working with in the same spot. So I would say, not to Sophia, I wish I could have said it to her, but I would say to them, the other actors, this is the line. What can we do with it to make it a little better? Don't tell uh, our director, you know who he was? Who? Oh. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody big
2: at all. Yeah, it was. What's his name? I forgot. I
3: forgot. The biggest director in the world. <laughs> oh, Not my biggest,
2: God. But he's way up big, there. I'll the tell the you biggest, all that. The,
3: the biggest director. I forgot my director. And he had trouble with me all the time. Because I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't keep my helmet over my, I was a soldier, and I wouldn't keep my helmet over my hair to cover my hair. I kept pushing my helmet back, and he kept coming over to me, soldier, your helmet. Well,
2: Sidney Lumet.
3: Sydney Lumet.
4: My director, uh, who I you uh, with. My first movie. The one, one, of one, my, two, one of my heroes, one of my true heroes. Well, I was 19,
3: and he got a kick out of me because I think he thought I was a ballsy kid. Sure. That's that's
4: very Sydney, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Because yeah. I said no, I have beautiful hair. Why should I cover it? He said so- because we want you to. You, <laughs> but <I said, laughs> <I said, laughs> you know what? Wait, Adam. When you see the movie, it opens in a railroad station as a bunch of soldiers, Sophia and Barbara Nichols walk by, and we yell and whistle. Uh-huh. My helmet is back. I'm the only one with hair, so they left it in.
4: <laughs> they amazing. Gave it in. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Well, cool.
3: it's 19 it's 19 years old. So, I thought I was a star.
4: so what were some of your like when you're
2: growing up, what were some of your favorite horror movies? Uh
4: well, I mean, look, I I I I was one of the first people in the world to see Friday the 13th. So that that was absolutely one of the movies that you know that was that was formative. But I will tell you, The Exorcist is uh, there's there is none better. Um uh The Exorcist jaws the shining, the thing. Yes, they're the ones that everybody talks about because they are truly the gold standard. Rosemary's Baby. Um, my grandmother actually dated Ira Levin when I was a little boy. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot. Uh, Rob Serling was close with my mom, so I mean there was a lot of uh, interaction, and especially in Westport, um, it's it, Paul Newman lived down the street, yeah. so. It, it was that kind of community. It was like, a, it was really, I mean, I was doing play readings with Cure DeLay when I was 11.
3: Yeah, so, I met Keir years ago. Good amazing. An amazing, beautiful man. Just a great man. Way back in the early 60s, we had censorship in film. Mm-hmm. You couldn't show blood. You couldn't show the actual stabbing. You couldn't show any of that. Sure. It was But cool. People would be appalled by it. Yeah. Then we all went to the movie to see this stupid movie that we thought would be a joke, and it was called Night of the Living Dead. It's amazing. And we all walked out of there terrified, horrified, and scared shit. I have, to date, never seen a film that has affected me as Night of the Living Dead, the black and white. Mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, (1962, or three, I think. And Psycho, I thought. Psycho
4: was sick, no, Psycho. No, psycho was 1960. Psycho was 60. It
3: was Psycho. I think we saw Psycho first. Yeah. And then, then Night of the Living Dead came. Yeah.
4: Out. Oh yeah. Right. Well, Night right. of the Living Dead, Night of Living Dead was the late sixties, and 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 why um, I know why I know that is because what's amazing about Night of Living Dead and why that movie is so remarkable. Um it it everybody always goes, Oh, it's a zombie movie. Yeah, yes, that's the trappings. It's not a zombie movie, it's a reaction to the Vietnam War and it's a reaction to the civil rights movement. And he melded those two ideas so brilliantly. I mean, Brilliant. we, Brilliant. we look at that film now with 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 the glasses of today on, we don't see now not it, only like how shocking it was, but how progressive it was. The yeah, lead, yeah, the lead was of the shocked. movie was an African-American man. That was unheard of. That didn't happen.
3: Adam, the reason A Night of the Living Dead was so effective was it was shot like a reality show. You bet. You there bet. Was- on uh, Hollywood, Dracula, Bella Lugosi. No. It was actually like, oh my God, I was in Pennsylvania, and I was in that farmhouse, and these things are breaking in to eat us. It was yes. wonderful. Yes, I still it's it. And it's never been uh, outdone
4: yet. But George then- Romero is, is really one of the most unsung heroes of our industry. I'm actually, there's, a, my company, Skeleton Crew, is making a documentary that the fans wanted. This was actually kind of a thing oh, that's uh, a...
2: We're not allowed to mention. Yeah, we are. I don't. Oh, sure, you can. Oh, no, you Writer strikes over. If the writer strikes over. you
4: can do what he's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm allowed to talk about. I, by the way, it's a documentary. I'm allowed to talk about that even when the writer strike. Well, I'm allowed to, about to talk that. about that. Get, I'll get in yeah. No, yeah. you're fine. We're fine. We're absolutely oh. fine. We're great. Um. No. I. I. I we wouldn't. Ha- we would have scheduled this interview differently if it. If it had been. If there. Ah. If the writer strike was still going on, I wouldn't be talking with you. Um. Oh. We're good. We're good. Uh. But I I will tell you this, um, you know, when, uh, back to George Romero, uh, my company is is making a documentary about the making of my first feature, Jason Goes to Hell, when I was 22. It's ridiculous. Um, And so that, the guy who's directing the film is a guy named Michael Felscher, who is extraordinary talent, brilliant guy, he's worked on over 400 documentaries, but he was George Romero's personal documentarian for the last 15 years of his life. And so I have gotten a window into, I, I met George several times, but I've gotten a window into this guy. I mean, the kindness of the man. Like, when you look at his movies, you're like, you know, is this guy going to be a monster? Couldn't be more the other way. And by the way, that includes guys like Wes Craven, who I was around growing up as a kid, who... Oh, very
2: cool. I'm very good friends with Caroline Williams, and she was oh, in a yeah. Massacre. Yeah. And also, uh, so I'm. Do you know Rob Lucas? I, I don't I do. know Rob. Anyway, yeah. he introduced me to George Romero many years uh-huh. ago. Yep. Um, and we've had George Romero's other son, George Romero Jr. Yep. yep. You know, we've been on the show oh, a bunch uh, sure. of times.
3: I, um, I just think that he, you know what he did? He made a black man star in a movie. And that was shocking because a black man had not starred Night of the Living Dead. I know, he said that earlier. Oh, I'm bellishing it. Okay. okay. <laughs> he, he had, you know what? We have an expression in Italian, two fingers in your eyes <laughs> and you know what you're never going to see again. But anyway, um, he was the first one to really bring it together racially yep. because the black man was with the white woman. And that was yeah. unheard of
4: back then. Well, and, he, and he continued that in Dawn of the Dead. Same thing in Dawn of the Dead. So he was an innovator. He was yep. a terrific, well, I mean... terrific, terrific. But again, you you, you t- look, the, the greatness of horror movies and where George is sort of a captain of this ship is the idea that the best horror movies are not about the monster. It's no. about a social issue that the director or the writer is really excited about. And they give you this giant scoop of scares, right? This scoop of ice cream on top of all these vegetables. So you have no idea that you're getting your vegetables while you're eating all this delicious ice cream. Um, but, you know, The Exorcist is about the breakdown of the American family and loss of, of faith in, in institutions. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, much like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Night of the Living Dead, is about the Vietnam War. That's what it's about. Um, these filmmakers, the best of us, react to things in our world, in our social landscape. And they, then they cover it with all this, like, yummy stuff that the audience wants to eat up. But when you come back to it, Dawn of the Dead is about commercialism, run amok. They all go to the mall. All, where do the zombies go? The mall. <laughs> <laughs> because I love, that's, that's because, the place they most loved when they were
3: alive. But to people today are without imagination. In my day, we had something called anticipation. Mm-hmm. A film had anticipation. We would see a dark room and hear a creaking door. And our imagination terrified us. They don't know how to do that today. And I tell so many of my friends that are directors and producers and actors that we need more of imagination. You just can't have everybody getting chopped up, blood flying all over. It's boring. We've become desensitized.
2: Desensitized.
3: Desensitized. And sixth in this class, okay. I
2: said it right, desensitized.
3: You said it right. So I, so I've never seen one of your, have I ever seen one of your movies? Have I ever seen?
2: Well, you've seen other front Jason movies. He's not too big into the uh, slash You know what? Adam, I'm in them.
3: I'm yeah. in all the horror movies, you know that? And I hate them. I When they do blood on the set, if I'm not in the scene, I leave.
4: I've got a, I've got a movie for you guys. I think you'll love it. Uh, it's called Secret Santa. It's the, the last film that I directed. Um, and it's the movie I'm most proud of. Uh, it is a it is a Christmas haramity. Um That's good. Sounds creative. It's it's really uh, it's very funny. Um, it's funnier well, than it is scary. It's from, called it's called Secret Santa. Uh, Secret it's
3: Santa. We have a yes. lot of older
4: people that watch our show, and they don't hear too hot. No, Se- no problem. No problem. Secret so, Santa to
2: it's it like a horror comedy.
4: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a horror comedy. It is the horror Watch movie. For pe- it's the horror movie for people who hate horror movies. Oh, good!
3: I don't hate them. I hate
4: the, the, the killing,
3: the bloodiness. Yeah. I don't I, like it, the knives in the throat. Or I don't care for yeah. that. Here's
4: yeah. the thing: we oh. have bloody, we have bloodiness in Secret Santa. I guarantee you, it's going to make you laugh rather than wince.
3: Usually, um, I look away. Last night, we were watching something that friends of ours. Uh, What's-her-name was in it, who I love. She's gray-haired now. She's no oh. longer red-haired.
4: What's-her-name is, what's is fantastic. What? We, we watched Reptile you know what last night. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't. It's a new movie
2: on Netflix. What, it just what, came what, out. I forgot her name. Your daughter was in a movie with her.
3: And I sat next to her. Frances Fisher. Frances Fisher. Oh, a she's fantastic. I love Frances Fisher. Fantastic she's a- actor.
4: Yeah, brilliant. She's a
3: sweetie pie. So we watched a film for her. And it was... Um, it wasn't very good. The film wasn't good, but the but the idea could have been good mm-hmm. had the writer not been so anxious to jump from story to story. Mm-hmm. It was just, okay, let's, let, you know what, I, I believe in character. Tell me about this now. You're a director. I'm i a writer. Write, I know, well, I don't care about the writer part. Right now we're talking to the director. If I said to you, yeah. Adam, I need better character
4: development, what would you say to me? What do you mean? From, from the standpoint of direction? From my, script,
3: from my script. Adam, what can you do to make me better because I don't care for the uh, character development? There, there is me, no character there development. There is no, that's it. That's the problem that's with my, all the indie that's films. My There's point. no character development. My point is people
4: get killed and we don't give a shit about them because right. we don't know them to care about them getting right. killed. You're, you are you are preaching to the converted. My, my whole argument my entire career has been... I don't understand why our audience is gonna give a crap about anybody leaving because this movie hard, if you know, we don't we have to spend time with them, guys. Look, you've both seen the original Alien, right?
2: Yeah.
4: Okay. The first act of Alien is 48 minutes long. You spend so much time on that ship with those, with those, with that crew of people, knowing how they're having union disputes all the stuff that's going on in their lives so that when one of them leaves the movie, you're like, no, I love that guy. Yes. By the way, the Rosemary's baby, 49 minutes, the exorcist, 47 minutes. Now everything is 25 minutes. I need, I need that first act to be 25 minutes. And I go, why? the audience isn't begging for that. You're telling us that because you made a movie once where that worked. Yeah, we've had
2: Michael Bean and, and Lance Henriksen both on the show. Um, I'm pretty good friends with Kane Hodder. He's been on the show. Oh uh, Kane's my man. What are you kidding? <laughs> I know, That's my guy. I know he's your man. We met Aaron Gray a couple of times. So uh-huh. let's go. Let's go from Friday the 13th because the people in the chat were freaking out. They want to talk about Texas Chainsaw. So another sure. great film that you did, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Uh, yep. Good film, cast uh, Alexander Daddario, who's a huge star now. Daniel yep. A. Trey songs. the singer. Bill mosey has been on the show. John Dugan, Scott Eastwood, Marilyn Burns, Richard Reel. Great film. Went to number one at the box office. You sure wrote is. it. Um, now, and that's the second. Hold it. Hold hey,
3: it. You wrote Texas Chain Massacre? One of yeah. them. Yeah. You are big
2: shit. Yeah, he's big shit. I told you that. But you're really big
3: shit. <laughs> you're like a big, big super pile of shit. You're fabulous. You no. know what? Jimmy has bracelets. You know what the bracelet says? Jimmy's the shit. No, so Jimmy Star is the shit. Love and it. I said to him, are you kidding? You wear that? That's so degrading that you're shit. He said, no, it's a compliment. It's the
2: shit. So if I no, tell somebody their shit, that's a great compliment. The way I started this show, I was a, I was a clothing designer, and I would go to horror conventions, and I would give... Nobody cares. I, yes, he does care. People do care. <laughs> uh, anyway, I would give clothes to the people who... And I became friends. That's how I got Malcolm McDowell on the show, Lance sure. Henriksen, sure. Clive Barker, all the biggest icons are all friends of mine because of that. And, um, and so... Uh, I, so I made the thing called Jimmy Stars the shit, and I had videos with Doug Bradley and Clyde Park and everybody was saying, "Hey, I'm Doug Bradley and Jimmy Stars the shit." And that's how I built the show. You know, we had a million followers our first within within like six months. We had a million listeners of the show, um, and, and that's well, how we did. Now
3: it. that we're name dropping, Jane Russell was my best friend for years and years. We hung out together. That's how come I'm Russell. He'll know Jane. I Russell. took Jane Russell. You know. Of course, you no, know. I said, oh, "No, no, Jane. Course. Of course, he yes. you knows Jane yeah, Russell. Course. I took her name." Yep. So when we went out, they thought we were married, or well, I was her son. Sometimes.
4: See, I thought you were hanging out with Kurt Russell. No, but he lives down the street from us, actually. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt and and,
2: and, and Goldie. Goldie.
4: Yeah, they, they live, live right, right down, the street. down the
2: road.
0: So yeah. let's go back
2: to Texas Chainsaw 3D. Uh, sure. Everybody in the camera room watched it recently. But again, now you're brought into another iconic franchise. You know that yep. you um How did that actually come about? Like, I guess you had already built a name for yourself.
4: Uh, we had, we had, uh, and uh, Deb and I, But here's what's so funny, our our management company at the time were the same people who were Twisted Pictures, so yes. it was Evolution slash Twisted Pictures, Huge. so they wa- they wanted us to do the movie, they had already had another, pro- they had another script written that was being blocked, the studio hated it, they were throwing it out and starting over, and so they came to Deb and I, and Deb and I came up with a story. And next, next thing you know, they wrote it up in a two-page document, our story, and gave it to seventeen different writers. The studio oh. wanted to see everybody on this movie, and we were like, "But we wrote that story. We wrote that story. What? Why would you go someplace else? <laughs> and, then, and then we had to pitch our own story to the studio. I'm like, <laughs> What is happening? Um. So what's amazing is that somehow we told our story better than anybody told our story and we got the job. So uh, it was actually like a hard fought situation, even though like our company wanted us. So uh, we ended up, you know, writing the movie and, um, you know, look. Alexandra Dario, one of the nicest people I've ever met in our industry. She's a doll. Couldn't be couldn't be sweeter. And super talented and beautiful to look at, and all of the things that you need for for that kind of movie. Um ultimately, uh yeah, I mean, we're the movie that kept Django Unchained out of the number one spot.
2: Yeah, I thought that was the coolest thing. I read about that today. So Django Unchained, an Academy Award fucking win movie. And and his movie beat it at the box office. I tell you, his
3: pile of shit is growing by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> you the biggest shit in
2: Hollywood. I so know. what do you think? What do you think about? Um, by the way, I think it's super cool that you know you've worked I with, Sean, know, wait, with Sean Cunningham. Sean
4: Cunningham is awesome. What have you got right now coming
3: out? Let's plug it.
4: I love it. Well. Uh, the, movie, the aforementioned movie, Secret Santa, is going to be uh, it, finally getting distribution in the U.S. At the end of this year, which is fantastic. I can't announce who yet because they're making the announcement, but it is coming at the end of the year uh, for this Christmas. Um, I am uh, currently editing the documentary that I spoke of, uh, Hearts of Darkness, the making of the final Friday. Uh, that one will be out at the beginning of next year, uh, and it's already in many festivals that I can't talk about until they make the announcement, but I'll let you do that. <laughs> Um, we are also, I'm doing a film right now called Orpheus Falling, which is, um, a little bit of a nod to Taxi Driver. Oh, wow. Um, it's a, it's the darkest movie I've ever made. It's not a horror film. It's a thriller, but it is, um, it's about some real stuff that I'm, I, that I have a real belief in, in trying to expose a little bit. Uh, we're also doing a movie next year called Domestic Terrorist, which we're shooting in Kentucky. Uh, which is uh, a film that is decrying sort of the state of affairs right now of what's going on. Uh, And I've got four horror movies that we're doing right now, Uh, my favorite of which is called Fat Camp Massacre, um, which is...
0: Fat Camp
4: Camp Massacre. Massacre, (laughs) Which will be for people of size what Get Out was for people of color. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay oh my god that's hilarious so, so i think that yeah. uh, i love all that i love all the stuff and i love that you're doing some of a little bit of everything yeah that's how we've never
3: met you we made everybody important, so how can we let? Oh, we never met. You. Actually,
2: believe it or not, the way have that we, have we met? You? No, we have not met. We have never met. Uh, I have. There's this really nice guy who made great promos for the show. We need to give him a shout out. Mako VJ Productions, Jefferson Mako Franceschetto. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he, he does all kinds of great promotional stuff on Facebook and for Ray and and a lot of people. He's fantastic. We, Been a friend for years. So he's awesome. Hello, hello, hello to him. And so he sent me this message saying, Hey, have you ever had Adam Marcus on your show? And I said, No. And he said, Would you like to have him on the show? And I said, Let yeah. me go see everything he's done. And then I said, Yes. And he introduced us and, and got
4: yeah. me as
3: well. Know, I'm going we to pay show. you the greatest compliment. You're the kind of director that I look forward to working
4: with. Oh, I lo- Ron, serious. thank you. Thank you. You and
3: I are on the same page as far as film and acting goes. Yes. But, you know, so many. I, I hate to say it because I sound—I no, can't even say it, but I will say it because <laughs> I, tr- I get in trouble with everything I say. I was on a film just not before the strike, and luckily did the uh, producer and director listen to what I said, and I said, listen, could we please have a rehearsal? <laughs> right. Right. And they said, oh, we don't do rehearsals. I said, let's just do it for the hell of it. Let's make believe we're going to do a rehearsal. And we did a rehearsal and the producer and the camera people came over to me and they said, Ron, that was amazing. And I thought to myself, what fucking business am I in? That they thought a rehearsal was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I I was able to talk to the the woman that played my wife. Mm -hmm. And I had to carry an apple pie in. And I I thought it was just boring with the apple pie. We've got to add to it. And I said, when I presented it to my son-in-law, I said, here's the apple pie and don't eat all of it. Save me some. And they thought that was genius.
4: And I right. thought to myself, what business am I in? What's wrong with these you things? Mean, wait, you mean you, <laughs> mean you added character to your dialogue? That's crazy. Yeah. Talk.
1: That's it was, it
4: you don't walk in someone's home and say,
1: here's
3: an
4: apple pie. No, no one does.
3: And then walk by. That's yep. rude. Yep. So but they don't get it. You know, they don't now we're in a scene where I shouldn't tell it. I can. My wife and I are driving, and it's icy. And the car is going out of control, so the camera's behind me. Yep. Well, of course, it's California. There's no ice. But I pretended there was ice. I kept turning the car and shouting, oh, my God, we're sliding. And my co-star was terrified. She was screaming for real. <laughs> <laughs> and the cameraman was getting nauseous. Jimmy wanted to know. I,
2: I was in it watching. He, he <laughs> got, got out call. of the I car, and off.
3: he blew up. But you know what? My producer said, "Ron, that was brilliant. Wait till we put the CGI in it and make it icy in the car." I, I don't. Me, say that. What happens?
4: Let me, the car? let me tell you. Let me tell you one quick story regarding this, and and how important what you're saying really is. So the la- this last film, uh, Secret Santa, we we shot in Big Bear, right? And I had my actors because I work with sixty actors every week, the same group every week for 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 decades. And we go up to Big Bear. Uh, there had been a five foot dump of snow while we went up the mountain. So we got stuck, right? We are trapped inside these three houses that I had rented, one of which was the, ha- the house we shot in. So I have 13 characters almost in every single scene, right? So the the, the, the whole movie is, is this concentrated group of people in this house. We would shoot all night because the entire shoot was nights. We would shoot all night. And then everybody go to sleep at six in the morning. Everybody wake up about two in the afternoon, kind of stumble around getting to breakfast at breakfast. We would start the first rehearsal of the day and everybody's sitting around this, this huge table where I wanted everybody to sit together. I wanted all meals to be together. We're all sitting together and the actors would take out their work for the day. And we would start glibbing. First we do a glib of the scenes. Then we would do a full rehearsal. Then They'd go off to makeup hair get ready feel good exercise do what they need to do by five o'clock they're inside the house again and we would stage the scenes but again in rehearsal still running lines get, trying new stuff trying trying some improv all kinds of stuff I was able to shoot a 90 minute movie in 11 nights
3: and then how much
4: 11 nights. That's nice. an eleven-day shooting schedule with thirteen people in almost every single scene. That's that's a that's a miracle, and that's what what rehearsal gives you. If you actually look, directors in the in the eighties because of music videos and then into sort of the Michael Bay area of filmmaking, directors suddenly became cinematographers. I don't know why or how it happened, but it but did.
3: I, you and I, I, I hope you don't think I'm bullshitting you by agreeing with you. So much, no, no, but, no. I, I, I hear the way you're speaking, No. Adam. I, I, I do love you, Adam. Of course, I on ne- my show. You know how many fights I've had with people. I you never, never. Because agrees. oh, I was in a movie. I swear to you, I'm not lying. And I said to my director, I said, "Okay, so what do you want me to do?" He said, "I said, oh, no, I said, where are my marks?" He said, "We don't have marks." I said, "You don't have marks?" Well, what would you like me to do?" He said, "Stand by that dresser, walk across the room, go to the curtain." Hold the curtain, look, then go open the door. Where's my camera? I don't see a camera. He said, it's up there in the corner. (laughs) I said, no, that's a security camera. (laughs) He said, no, that's our camera. I said, oh, it was a a robot camera.
4: Wow.
2: It was scary. Well, I had to tell you what happened in that film. I was so unhappy. But... So I want to go back real quick. So you're doing the documentaries. First of all, we have had tons of Friday the Thirteenth people come on the show. Yep, mm-hmm. um, literally. Um, Ken Kurzinger. Uh, sure. We just had.
3: Um, oh, tell him the story about the lady in the bed. No, oh, no,
2: that's that's not. That's different. That's that's Freddy Krueger. Oh,
3: but He might like the story. Oh, okay, hold there. on.
2: Well, so I was used to be really, really good friends with Steve Dash before he passed. Huh? Yeah, yeah. In Florida, um, we had we just had CJ on the show recently. Great guy. Uh, Basically, all kinds of people from the show. So, it is such an iconic. And I, I collect horror movie memorabilia and I also collect action figures. So, I have a six, seven foot Jason, you know, that's mechanical that like, that you probably have a show like that. I, have,
4: I literally have the exact same thing in my yeah. in my office. I got it at Spencer's Gifts literally like 25 years ago, you know. Yep. So,
2: it's like a really good one, not like the cheesy ones they make yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, I to tell you a story. So, we had
4: Amanda Wiss. Oh, I love Amanda. I'm friendly oh, Amanda. With okay. I love Amanda.
2: Oh, and we were talking about, and he doesn't. This is many years ago, and he doesn't. He wasn't that familiar with horror, mm-hmm. and so we were like Just talking to, to her and interviewing her, and she's a great person. And she, and was, but this is the first time she had been on the show, and he said something like, "As long as you know, the the thing that freaked me out is mode is that movie that has the girl in the bed, and the the, the blades come up and and kill her in the middle of the bed." And he had no idea that that's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> love he, it. I'm critiquing that scene. And she's (laughs) like, well, that's me.
3: (laughs) She went hysterical laughing. I had no idea was her, But that scene is just, you know, very, very brutal. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's terrifying. And I feel bad for young people that see that. I remember when Psycho came out, nobody would, all the women that we knew told their husbands, come in the bathroom with me. Yep. And we'll take a shower. They yep. were afraid to take a shower alone. So I think that bed thing terrified a lot of people.
4: I have, <laughs> I, have I have I have friends who are effects artists who do like makeup effects. Yes, and uh they will literally not go into a pool because of Jaws. So no, I,
2: I like I um so one of the first people that I became friends with in or like a long time ago was Tom Savini. Uh huh, sure. And, I've known, uh, I've uh, known people, Tom since I was yeah, eleven years old. Sure. Yeah. Since you were like a little kid, so he was one of the first uh, people that we met, and we know a whole bunch of different ones from it. Uh, but what I thought I would do, real quick, I want to brag for a couple other movies that you got that I, I went on IMDb and I was like looking at it, sure, yeah,
4: because sure. you've done some cool ones. You have a movie called Let It Snow. Uh huh. Which... That was a, that was a big Sundance. That was a big Sundance hit. That was uh, uh, yeah,
2: that, big Sundance yeah. and it was the return of Bernadette Peters. So you got to work with Bernadette Peters. Oh, I know. I for sure that.
4: did. And um, I. uh, uh I
3: I, I know Bernadette before she became Bernadette Peters. Her name is Lazara. And her father had the best in Mineola, Long Island, Italian bread they used to make. It was a bakery, Lazara's Bakery. And she was this little Italian girl who I knew from bumping into it because we came from similar towns. And I knew she wanted to be a star or whatever. And then I saw her in Dames at Sea. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, I went backstage, and I said, Bernadette, you're going to be a great big star. She said, oh, I hope so. <laughs> and then many years later, I ran into her again. I said, remember me? She said, oh, yeah, right. She said, you know what? You were right. I said, good for you. Good for you. We Italians. I'm a Jew also, so I'm an Italian
2: Jew. We, have, we,
3: we Italians have to stick together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I like love it. So then you've also got... Um... Conspiracy, where yes. you have the writer and the director. That's I love Jennifer Esposito. I love Gary Cole and Val Kilmer. I mean, like, what a yeah. great. Cast.
4: And yeah. are these? Uh, can we find these streaming? Some of these. Oh, you bet. oh, they're all. All of them are out. All of them are out there. Are you on YouTube or one of those things. Um, I think Tubi has a bunch of them now. So I know Tubi has has uh, has let it snow and uh, and conspiracy. Because we and watch, then you have momentum. We watch all the free ones. Sure. Yeah, no, but Tubi is free. You can you can you, can, you go yeah. on, you can go on Tubi free. Yeah. I have a film on Tubi Adam, right now. Adam,
3: we watch this is no lie. We watch two movies a night, seven nights a week. No, not a seven. seven. All week long. Not every night. What, what we, we, we don't have, watch them on Mondays. Oh Are no, no we play Monday? cards with my daughter. <laughs> but so six nights a week. Why? Because we have Directors, producers, writers, and friends that are everybody's on everybody's coming on. The we have to watch some of the stuff. So of we course. watch of all of our fans work. So if we had to pay for that, it would be a fortunate money.
4: Well, you know what? I I will send you guys. Look, I will do this. Um, uh, with send conspiracy, me. with conspiracy, my Val Kilmer movie. I will send you a personal link to the director's cut of that movie, so you can uh, actually I, see. Sure.
3: I want to see the Christ- I want to see the Christmas one tonight.
2: Oh, it's not out yet. It's not out yet. We can't see it yet.
4: I can I'll I'll hook you guys up.
3: Okay. You
2: know, perfect. You're, you're
4: like a hooker. Nothing but a whore. And they get us hot and they you dump us. <laughs> I want to see that. Honey, it's exact it's exactly what my wife says about me. Exactly <laughs> what she says. Really? Not, verbatim.
3: Verbatim. All excited about this film. And then now we can't see it. She's not also four, yeah, she also has another <laughs> big film called Momentum.
2: <laughs> With Morgan Freeman, James Purefoy, Olga, Kurilenko.
4: Yep. Uh, Momentum. Momentum was uh was a movie that was on the blacklist uh in, in Los Angeles, which is yeah, I, I'm sure you guys know the blacklist, but it's it's the the best scripts not made. Yes. Um, and it was on that list for 20 years. Wow. Uh, it was mm-hmm. one of the first things my wife and I wrote together, and um we finally got it made uh in South Africa. Uh, with this unbelievable cast. And the only reason it happened was uh, Clint Eastwood got a copy of the script from the producer who was who was trying to get the movie put together. Clint Eastwood read the script, went to, to his agents and said, this is the single best genre script I've ever read. And wow. immediately we had a cast, like next day.
2: That's so sweet. Yeah. Gotta yeah.
4: Up. It's amazing. It's actually amazing. But uh, no, that's also a movie that's on Tubi as well. So that's that's out there. That's out there for free.
3: Before we go away, I just want to say, uh, I look forward to meeting you one
4: day. I would love that.
3: chatting with you, because I think that maybe you and I together, if we have some moron with us, mm-hmm. we can teach them how to do a film. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: So we I on. have many
3: morons that I see. Oh, I sit with morons for days. We go to dinner with them, and I love how they open up with and my film, uh, and then I hear what they're doing with their film, and I say to Jimmy, "Another piece of crap." <laughs> and then they say, "Ron, there's a part for you." I say, "Oh, gee, I can't." You know that? No, I don't think. No dogs. I listen. I was in one dog called Croker. I've never lived it down. You know, we all, Tony Curtis was a good friend of mine,
2: uh-huh.
3: and and he was he was outrageous, as outrageous as I am. In fact, I said to him, What did Janet think about Hitchcock when she did Psycho? He said she loved the part and she loved the idea that, but she didn't like him because he was anti Semitic. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And I said to Tony, You know what? He hit on Tippy Hedrin's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. I know Tippy forever. And Tippy said that uh, Hitchy hit on her all the time. All the girls. Got hit on, and I said to Tony, "How come he never hit on Janet Lee?" He said, "Because she was Jewish." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, "Really? What? A pussy wasn't a woman? I mean, what Jewish Jewish women don't have pussies? <laughs> I mean, what they got? They got what mechanical devices?
4: <laughs> with teeth?" By the way, by the way, Tony Curtis. I met Tony Curtis right after Jason Goes to Hell got made. I was a child, um, and the two of us uh, were on a Spanish language. Uh, variety show in Miami that neither of us had been told was strictly Spanish language and there would be no English interpreters. <laughs> and at the end of the show, the two of us have been on this panel for 40 minutes. We don't know what the hell's going on. At the end of the show, everybody danced. And Tony Curtis is, is, is across from me. The two of us are dancing. And I went, what are we doing? He says, don't worry about it. Just keep dancing.
3: Just <laughs> he, he has the best sense of humor. So good, um, so good. I've ever uh, I said to him, you, "You know, I read your book, Tony." He said, "What'd you think?" I said, "Well, you, you said you you were gay." He said, "No, I never said I was gay. I just said I have sex with everybody."
2: <laughs> I like sex, so
3: I, have- I like. I love sex, so I don't care who they are, men or women. I just have sex. A lovely man. He really was such so a guy. funny guy. A a wonderful guy, and I was at the convention center in Palm Springs at Jane's table, and I'm sitting next to Tony, and it was four days of hilarity. Mamie Van Doren comes into the convention center and says to me, where's Tony Curtis? I said, oh, believe it or not, Mamie, he's right next to me. So I bring Mamie by hand to Tony. Tony was in a wheelchair. So he said to Mamie, come sit on my lap. Mamie sits on his lap and he grabs her long hair And he covers both of them and I hear her laughing and I hear her saying, oh, Tony, you're still a filthy
2: pig. (laughs) (laughs) You got to like love it. He
3: was the best. And he said about Marilyn Monroe, he said the poor thing, she was always on her knees. (laughs) Uh He he was like me, very outspoken. He didn't care.
2: And he got in trouble a lot. The both of us, the both of us, got in trouble a lot of
3: times.
2: So when we're coming, if we have a cool event that's in LA and it's not going to be a real shit or real, because i I'm, I do a lot of things. I, I produce movies and we do the show, but I my everyday, Brandon brother Brothers, I'm a publicist uh-huh. and I'm a really good one. And so we get the invited biggest, to a lot of biggest, stuff. So biggest. if we can, like if we maybe we get a cool one that that wouldn't be embarrassing for you to go to that you would enjoy, and then we could meet you. I would love it. We'd love to meet you. I think to it would be fun. And, uh, You'll have
3: to go to the movie that's going to make me a superstar. Do, do you ever direct... Hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting myself.
2: Okay. A little bit of bullshit here. Okay. A little bit of
3: bullshit. I'm in a wonderful movie with a fabulous script. For once, for once. Wow. Once. I'm crazy about this movie. And it's it's a feature film, major stars, big, big, big stars are in it. And I play uh, the father to a, the, the, the lead, who's a major star. Huh? And I think this is going to put me on the map. And I know you're going to beg to have me in one of your films. But <laughs> I come, you know, I get, I get a million a picture. Yeah. Sure. I don't work before 10. Absolutely. I, before I understand. My dressing room is on the set. Sure. Uh, oh, and I work weekends. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. Do you ever direct other people's things if someone has a budget and they come to you and but say, as you where like I it? Going. Stop I do.
4: I do. I do. I do as long as I love the material. That's that my, my, everything for me is material driven. Um if it's something that I that I'm like, oh my god, I can't I can't walk another day on this planet without making this movie, yes, then I will absolutely
3: do. Adam. Okay. Uh, now he, he squeezed it out of me. Oh. I'm I'm really soaping you up. Love it. You know what I mean? Ask kiss. I don't ask kiss, but I'm ask kissing you now, I'm letting you know ahead of time. I have written a script that is fabulous that everybody that reads it wants to do it. Um it's about a Jewish woman in nineteen forty-three who's a bookie, married to an Italian you can't tell you no, go. married to an Italian who's in the mafia. Right. And, um it's a black comedy. Sounds and amazing already. Very, very Brooklyn in the in the humor and funny. Said
4: so in nineteen forty three. Um,
3: I think I want to send you the script and I'm thinking maybe I want to work with you with and also playing my wife we're thinking about uh Jennifer Coolidge. Oh. Oh. So she she Amazing. plays Jewish wonderfully. Yes. Yeah, the my wife is very epic. Laney uh-huh. Kazan Laney Kazan was originally gonna do it, but Laney is not well. No,
4: yeah,
2: she's not.
3: So we we had to renege on Laney, and I know Laney forty five years. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a good friend. The
2: other reason I asked that for his film and also just because like it's like I have nine films in different stages of development right now uh-huh. that I'm producing. And uh but I get people coming to me all the time asking me if I know any, you know, really good directors. And most of their stuff I would never even like approach you with because I tell them like I this shit is terrible. But if I get a really
4: good one, absolutely you know, a really good
2: one, I would love to have you know, I am
4: screenplay. always I am always on the hunt for a great screenplay. It's, yeah, it's so no,
2: what I like I
3: everyone it. that's read my script, Paul Savino was gonna play the mafia boss, but we've lost Paul. Yes. But everyone that's read it said it was adorable, it was funny, it was wonderful. What it is, is my father used to always say, the trouble with the Second World War was, we did not fight the Nazis, the Jews did not. The Jews succumbed to their bullshit. Right. And there's no heroes. so I wrote this script where my wife is Jewish, but she becomes a Jewish hero. And if you read the script, you're proud to be Jewish. And that's what it's about. I love that. And there's a lot of message in it about what was going on with the Nazis in, in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not politically, it's politically correct, but it's not a political script. But it's about the dark how family. frustrated the Jews were in this country mm-hmm. that they couldn't do anything to get rid of that son of a bitch, Adolf Hitler.
4: Yep. Yep. Hey, I'm I'm a bar mitzvah Jew, so I I it's, it hits me right in my heart. So, Marcus is not Jewish. Marshinsky is though. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> so you guys, this is Adam Marcus. Please check out all this stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's on Tubi. His Instagram is at Adam Marcus thirteen. Um, he's a super talent. We're so happy that you came on the show today. Again, thank you, Michael BJ Productions, for hooking us up. Uh, we're going to become great friends, and we want to thank you for taking together. the time to come on the show. We had a great time. Thank you so much.
4: You guys, and everything they say is true. You guys are the shit.
2: Thank you.
3: <laughs> he's, he's the shit, not
4: me. I'm, I'm a superstar.
3: <laughs> Remember, I'm Adam. I'm a superstar. I get a million opinions. Yeah, got
4: Adam.
3: it. And thank you so minute, much. And my
4: name goes above the title. Of course. Hey. <laughs> I wasn't, why would I even question that? <laughs> I want to to see your collection one day. All right.
2: Thank you so much, Adam. We'll see you soon. Thank
4: you. Thank you you for having me on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: All right, you guys. Real quick, before we bring on our next guest, we're going to play the trailer for Texas Chainsaw 3D real quick, just so people get a chance to see it. Uh, uh, It's a great show. So, Juan, take it away, Texas Chainsaw 3D, and we'll be right back with Monique Dupree.
1: Beast in me.
0: Did you know anything about this place?
1: Just the address. It's caged by frail and fragile bars. Wow. Restless by day and by Rats and rages. Look like granny likes to play a little pool. What exactly did Granny do for a living? I have no idea. I just learned about her yesterday. The beast in me.
2: So that was Texas Chainsaw Ooh. 3D. We're gonna bring on our next guest real quick though. Before we do that, we want to get a shout out to Francisco Roman, who's in the chat room. Frankie, what's up? Frankie, baby! Yay! Ooh. So Frankie's in the chat room, you guys. We're gonna be working with him in the very near future, and he's one of the coolest guys in Hollywood. Now let's bring on our next guest. <laughs> hey, movie! Oh my oh, God! Get Monique, get out of here!
3: Monique, oh my god! Hello! Monique, oh my god, Monique, you get more gorgeous with age! <laughs> Look thank at those markers! <laughs> Jesus Christ, they got big! Holy shit! Monique, I miss you guys! I miss you, I miss you too! too. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long! I,
0: know, I know. It's grown over the years. Uh, well, I gained a little bit of weight, and so did they. So You still have that great body, right? Thank you.
3: Everybody I to... you. She's got 10 children with a body like an 18-year-old. It's amazing. It's a joke. Oh. Right? You know how I couldn't believe you had 10 kids? No pot belly, nothing.
0: No, 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 no. I got to keep working out. I mean, you know, I wrestle You're now. Still a oh, girl. So You're still a beautiful girl. You're still a beautiful girl. Thank you. Girl. Thank so you. Right, I appreciate it. All right,
2: everybody. Now we wanna welcome to the Jimmy Star show with Ron Russell, screen queen uh, screen queen, <laughs> pro cosplayer, performer, actress, burlesque performer, wrestler, Monique Dupree, the original gata. Woo-hoo! Yay!
3: I'm one of the sexiest women I've ever met.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it's, you. It. Where the fuck have you
3: been? I haven't seen you anywhere.
0: Well, I've been doing everything. I had never calmed down. We just haven't crossed paths. I don't know why. You
2: know, we live in California now, so we moved before we were in Pennsylvania. Uh, and now okay, we're in California yeah. for the last five years. Yeah.
0: And I do a lot of East Coast and Midwest stuff. So yeah. that could be how long has oh, yeah. it been
3: since
2: You look nine, oh nine, yeah. yeah. nine
3: years. Nine years? No, no bullshit. You look the same as you did nine years ago. Oh, right. thank you. No black don't crack. Uh, it Sure don't crack. Can't crack. Black don't. <laughs> crack. No,
0: you looked at, So, any more kids? Did you shoot at another one? No, no, oh. no, no, no. I have thirteen grandchildren, but I have still have ten black children.
1: Crack. Ten what?
0: children and now, thirteen wait a grandchildren. Question: How broke do you get at Christmas? Uh, I'm already broke now. <laughs> A yeah, a I get broke around Halloween time and then going into Christmas. Yeah, it's I a like lot. It's
3: children and grandchildren.
0: Yeah, wow. thank goodness. For, when I go to conventions, though, I bargain shop and grab things oh, up for to Christmas. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they all love horror or, you know, everything that I do, pretty much sci-fi stuff, video games, all of that. So, so yeah, I luck out. I, I negotiate with people when I'm at conventions. Good Actually,
2: I, I got a Good message from Angela Joseph. She told me to make sure I say hello to you. I think you were just with at her with a, in a convention, right?
0: Uh, we were in Denver uh, at Colorado Festival of Horrors together. Yes. yes. I love Angela. That's, She's awesome.
3: I call her Angie Baby. Angie Baby. Yes, yes. I can see why. Angie Baby. I haven't seen that bitch in a long time either. <laughs> nobody, lo- nobody loves me anymore.
0: I love you. I love, I love you, you I never stop and I never will so me, I have me, a question. Too. me
3: too you're one of the best people I've ever met
0: so
2: I have a question really what are. what, 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 one what thing, you know are. and your uncle's okay no, the, oh, my, my brother,
0: brother. my brother, brother. yeah brothers. it's okay he,
2: you guys are yeah. brothers Tony Todd, the Tony Todd. yay so I have a question though what, oh, oh, what happened hey. I'm sorry how she got closer. So I have a question. What is the, 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 the T-H-A? What is the original gata? does gata mean?
0: I'm stupid. Well, gata is Spanish for a cat. Oh, and so, enjoy- and the original gata was taken at the time. So I trademarked the true original gata. That's why I use like the whole title because I paid all the, all of that money to have it. Ha- yes. Yeah. So I better use it. <laughs> right. Uh, I love cats. As you know, I've talked to you about this before. I'm a, a huge cat lover. I have tattoos yeah, of cat. like yeah, leopard print and everything. So cats mean a lot to me, and I I feel like uh, having cats actually saved my life earlier on in my life. So I kind of dedicate my worship to them like best, you know.
3: Tell us the story. How come?
0: Well, uh, I had a rough childhood growing up, and um, A cat followed me home one time. I was in elementary school and I, I mean, it followed me onto the, into the building, onto the elevator. And I just kept talking to it. And oddly enough, it reminded me of Michael Jackson because it was black and white and I'm not even (laughs) going to get into that, but it, it truly reminded me of like, of Michael Jackson. So I asked if I can keep the cat and I was told that I, I could, even though she didn't like cats, Um, and that cat like kind of became my lifeline. I didn't have friends. I didn't have people that I could talk to. I just basically communicated with that cat. And it was like, um, I don't know, a a love grew of, of felines since then. And it's almost like I communicate with them. I really, I really feel close to cats. I mean, I love dogs too, but I'm, I'm really a cat person. You have cats.
3: So tell me, why do you think you had no one to talk to, friends or anything?
0: Your well, friends. I didn't. Uh, n- well, growing up, I was a very different person. Um, you won't believe this, but I always felt like I was an ugly duckling who became a swan. You know, I was very awkward. I was like, you know, the straight A student, the teacher's pet. And just nobody wanted to, to talk to me. And my mother did not treat me well. And so, you know, I ended up living with my grandmother, who was the best. My grandmother and my great-grandmother, they were the best people ever, period. Um, But when I lived with her, it was just kind of rough for me. And um, I just communicated with cats, you know. This
3: this sounds like our very good friend, Lily McLeod. You know who Lily McLeod is? I know that name. Singer, Lily McLeod the Singer she had a similar background to yours and oh. she became super famous because of her upbringing and she said had she had a soft upbringing she wouldn't be who she is today
0: exactly exactly right monique yes i feel i feel the same way i mean i wouldn't be i'm a i'm a go getter as you know so right. i don't ever sit down and relax i see something that i want and i i go for it you know, especially when I have the passion and drive, determination. But I don't feel like I would have uh, had that had I not had the upbringing. So, you know, something positive did come out of it and I have no regrets, you know. It's just, it is what it is.
3: Well, you're far from an ugly duckling and you're not fat. You have the body of Jack, you're beautiful. You have a great personality. I'm not going to smoke up your ass because I don't do that. Thanks. You know me. I know, you.
0: yes, yes and you do
3: of the most uh, exciting people to be around because you're full of camp, you're fun, you're intelligent, you're talented. Uh, you know, girlfriend, you got a lot on for yourself. So forget the past, enjoy the moment because you sure are in the moment.
0: I appreciate that. I don't appreciate it, I don't care for
3: that. Just say yeah, Ron. No, no, I mean, you don't have to appreciate what I say. Who the hell am I? Just some gorgeous young white man. <laughs>
0: You're, you're definitely gorgeous and young, darling.
3: No, seriously. So what are you doing? Are we dancing? Are we burlesquing? Are we singing?
0: I'm, I'm doing a little bit of everything. Uh, I I finished a movie. Well, I have a few movies that uh, I'm a, I'm going to be working on. But, you know, with the strike and everything, there's just been there things have a- kind of come to a, a standstill with, with that. Uh, Tell- so in the meantime, I decided to kick up my horror-themed burlesque dancing, also my wrestling. I still do that a couple of times a month. It depends on where I'll be at uh, Impact Wrestling for Bound for Glory. And I'm also in the Chicago area, East Peoria, for New Wrestling Revolution. I have a movie that is screening called um, The Beautiful People in Ohio, but I'm going to be at Fayetteville Comic-Con. So I'm unable to make it to, you know, that, that premiere. It's like, I've been all over the place. I'm in Dallas right now. As soon as I go home, I will be a guest at StellarCon, uh the seventh and eighth of this month in Bel Air, Maryland. I've been doing my convention run heavy um, because I have so much to promote, you know?
1: So
2: you're an actual wrestler wrestler though, right? You're not the pretty girl who holds up the, the thing. You actually... No.
0: No, no, no. I, I actually wrestle as well as valet. These days, I'm mostly valet. You know, I come out with the wrestler. I talk a lot of smack. You know, I, I'm always, I'm always the heel. I, I love, I love being the bad guy. I mean, in film as well. I don't know. I've been typecast as the bad guy, but I actually like it.
3: Well, You can't really be a wrestler with those boobs because nobody could get close enough to you to, to strangle you
0: I have to tape it down, tape them down. What size boobs are you? I'm a, what am I now? A 36 H. H?
2: They have an
3: H?
0: <laughs> That's an H for hallelujah. Right. <laughs> They're actually a lot smaller than they used to be. And this is a good bra, so, well, kind of a good bra.
2: <laughs> so you're in Texas right now. What Wait, are let's, about Texas? About
3: your, let's talk about your burlesque. So, are you you stripping uh, on stage, right?
0: Yes, <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily. Well, I guess you can say it's stripping.
3: No, you're not a private stripper.
0: No, no, no. I'm a burlesque performer. A so, burlesque, please, so, if you st- saw one of my performances, I come out with tentacles on, like a, a full-on horror-themed costume, and then I strip out of that to have another costume on that I strip out of into my pasties and my G-string.
3: Jesus Christ, the men must drop dead.
0: <laughs> I mean, they- I have, don't want them to drop dead.
3: They must have hard-ons that break through their beds. She doesn't want them to drop dead. She wants them to no, pay. No, I mean, really. <laughs> no, 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 no. That part. <laughs> I remember her body. I remember it. She had a little waist, a great ass, big ass, it went out. Gorgeous waist. I mean, she's got a body, and her skin, was like velvet. I remember you. You still do. Thank could, you. On cap, stop thanking me. Just say
0: yes. <laughs> I like to take care of myself. It's no, important. You have it's important.
3: silky skin. Your skin is beautiful. And your body skin was silky. And that's sexy. What do you eat? Do you eat junk food, McDonald's and shit like that?
0: No, I don't eat uh, McDonald's. and sh- I mean, once a year... I pretty much, I'll have McDonald's. I'll have like a filet of fish and some French fries. Right. That's my go-to when I go, but I'm not a fast food person. I'm, mo- I'm mostly meal prep, but when I travel, I just eat like chicken and uh, salads. And it just depends on where I am. Um, I can't eat broccoli. I love broccoli, but I can't eat broccoli. So I eat spinach and uh, kale and, you know, iron rich things like that.
3: That's why you are beautiful skin. And that's why you're not wrinkled. You know, Monique, I just turned 83.
0: Get the fuck out of here. Oh, can I say fuck? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we curse. <laughs>
3: and, you know what? And people, people say to you me, know, how do you look so
0: good for 83? Because I don't eat shit. I eat you just good- look good, period. Like, it's not for 83. You just look good. Yeah, because I you take should. care of
3: myself. Everybody can. That's why I'm sending a message out, by the way people that are obese or unhealthy we have to get America healthy again. Too many people are overweight, unhealthy and and diabetes is never diabetes is almost a number one killer now.
0: It is but do you know a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people that have diabetes aren't even overweight. They just eat poorly.
2: Yes. The sugar,
0: the garbage. So it doesn't even matter what size when it comes to diabetes. It's just what you take into your body and what you don't Take into your body that you need. A lot of people don't drink water; they drink soda and you know high sugar things. Soda board.
2: Actually, I used to drink a lot of. I drink one a day now, which may sound like a lot, but considering I was drinking like two two-liter bottles a day, to down now I'm down to one little bottle. That's pretty good. Okay. Everything so, else? Is
1: water. everything else? Is water.
2: Tell of me. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah, yeah. Tony, tell, tell me to shut the fuck up if I'm going in the wrong area right with you. Oh, really- absolutely. Would you be willing to tell people your age?
0: Uh, yeah. I'm 49. Could you believe that?
3: Oh, my God. She's as old as Methuselah, and she looks like a teenager. Look at her. 49, God bless you. could be 50. You look sensational.
0: And I can't believe that. I'm just like... Did you you breastfeed 10 kids? You got a milk station. No. So, funny story, if you don't mind me telling. My 30-year-old daughter... I tried to breastfeed her. I freak out from you. I tried to breastfeed her. My boob was so big that it was smothering her and she wouldn't take, she wouldn't latch on because I guess she just felt overwhelmed. She had this tiny face and I had like these huge boobs, like Mm -hmm. bigger than I have now. And she just wouldn't latch on. So most of them wouldn't latch on, but I I did breastfeed a few of them.
3: I mean, you got so enough. Wait, you got enough milk there to feed an army. What right? are your
0: ages? So you it go from a thirty a from orphanage. thirty to what? To ten. My youngest is ten. Oh my God, that's like And everybody in between.
2: Know,
0: so, so ten kids? That every
3: two years. So when? <laughs> so the last time we saw the last time we saw you, you had just had a baby.
0: That that should have been uh, my ten year old. Yeah, but you didn't look like you just had a baby. Well, because I worked out throughout my pregnancy. My next question: How did
3: you get rid of the after belly? You know, you have. Well, no sugar. Yeah,
0: I lost eighty-two pounds um, because I just didn't feel healthy. Uh, you know, because I gained a lot of weight, and I just decided I needed to get rid of that weight. How? So, did you get rid of the well, just the first thing I did was I cut sugar out of my coffee and my tea because I love tea and I love coffee but I cut sugar out completely. And then (laughs) I I weaned myself off of it, started drinking it black, sometimes with one creamer or something like that, but uh, generally black. And I started to, once a week, I would take something away and add something to my diet. Because it's a slow process when when you wanna change for the rest of your life, as opposed to being on a diet, a fad or something like that. You have to slowly implement things for them to stick, you know, so that's what I would do. I would remove something that I'm not supposed to have and I would add something that I should have. And I just did that until I was acclimated and then I would do it again, you know, remove something, add something until I acclimated to that. And I did it to my own, you know, I didn't I didn't go like, well, I have to do this every week or else or I have to do this daily. I didn't hold myself to that. I just held myself to the to the standard that I needed regularity. Once I had regularity, then I can move to the next step. And I did that before I even worked out or did anything like that. I also take the steps a lot. Um, I worked out from home. I had paint cans and water bottles. I couldn't afford a gym at the time, and I lost 20 some odd pounds before I even saw a gym.
3: So how long did it you. take you to lose 82 pounds? It took me six
0: months.
2: Wow, wow that's, that's terrific. Fast.
3: Hey, everybody out there that's fat, you want to lose weight,
2: <laughs> listen to what is <laughs> So let's go horror a little bit. Let's talk horror, because we had a big horror director on before you, and room yes. are like, into the whole horror yeah, thing. No Monique, where are you living now?
0: <clears> I live in Baltimore and New York.
3: Oh, okay. Well, you know, we're moving to Southampton. Are you? Yeah. When? In the spring. Hopefully April. So you got to come out to the house for a weekend. Yes, I you know, would love to. All over the Hamptons. You can meet a rich guy, a multimillionaire. So she'll get rid of him and marry him. No. We
2: want to say
1: hello to Anthony St. Thomas, <laughs> hubby. Hello, hello. hello. We
0: love
3: hubby. Anthony, I still love you, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: wouldn't he wouldn't oppose it anyway so
2: yeah <laughs> that's hilarious so go ahead,
0: go ahead. So, oh, okay i was just gonna say so
2: so let's talk horror a little bit you've been how many movies do you think you've been in that horror movies have you been in? because I, I think you're I, I think you were labeled like basically one of the very first black screen queens right
0: yes yes by debbie roshan actually and by the way i gave debbie roshan the lifetime achievement award in uh Colorado at Colorado Festival of Horrors and uh, very well deserved and I love that woman. She's so great. much great. She's, she's
2: great. Lady. She's been on the show many, many, many yeah, years she's, ago. Like 10 she's, years. she's
0: amazing. But I think I've done I would I would venture to say well over a hundred. Uh, some of them haven't seen IMDb yet but uh, but I've done well over a hundred uh, horror uh, film projects or television projects a lot i love horror i think it's my favorite genre
2: me too what are some of your favorite horror movies
0: that i wasn't in yeah just in general well my original i love the original fog which a oh, lot of people sure. are surprised about um me talking about some of the films that i kind of grew up loving i love christine i think i love that element of of things that weren't um the usual like slasher stuff just like when Nightmare on Elm Street came out I thought this is amazing you know he literally attacks people in their dreams something that we do all the time you know he turned they turned into into a horror and and, you know who would think I mean you 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 have nightmares but who who would think that like some burned man would come into your dreams and start like Fucking killing everybody and everything.
1: It,
0: it, it was one of my favorites. Um, Candyman, of course, the the, the original uh, Candyman is one of my favorites. I I I can't say a lot of horror movies of today necessarily. I'm still kind of a old school.
2: I agree with you, I'm old school too. Like, I'm having a heart attack that they remade The Exorcist and it's coming out. And also,
3: I'm happy to announce, Jimmy and I went to the red carpet event of Bang Bang Betty. No, oh,
2: that was a long time ago. Yeah,
3: an all black cast
2: horror movie. No whiteys, all black.
0: So I you- don't even know yeah. that I know that movie.
2: I don't think that was really considered a horror. It was more of an action. It was about cops and guns.
3: Bang, Bang, Betty. And now they're making Bang, Bang, Betty, too. But but it's all black cast. So finally, we've arrived in Hollywood where white people will go see an all black cast. So thank God for
0: that. That's something. That's definitely something. Well, they should put...
3: You know, we're going to contact the guy. You should be in Bang, Bang, Betty because everybody would love to bang, bang you.
0: (laughs) love to be in bang bang Betty and have everybody think that they could bang bang I'm not
3: bullshit <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you we're gonna contact the, the, we're gonna contact the writer director and we're gonna give him who you are and what you are I 20 bucks will put you in the movie I bet because the girl they had that eh, doesn't light a candle to you
0: I will take that bet I will take that bet
3: no seriously I the, the girl that they had was okay. But she was no Monique Dupre. No, no, no. Oh. No, if you are in Bang Bang Betty, the movie will
2: do better. But well, they can't change Bang Bang Betty. Bang Bang Betty, she is Bang Bang no, Betty. No, I know they that. can't change her. But, but, but they could take <laughs> But they could put, you could be somebody else.
3: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in what? the movie itself. Well, you will be playing a gangster shooting people, so it's fun. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's, that's right up, up my alley. I swear
3: to you, I promise you, my darling, I will... Mean, I I, I, I will know.
0: see if I can start
2: getting you in some stuff because like I I've got nine films I'm producing, but I don't have all the I, I'm working on money and stuff. But like I have a great horror werewolf movie we're going to be shooting in Texas that I could probably like put see, put you I in. Uh yes. and uh, so I, I'll I'll see if I can like start working. You know why? Some because that's
3: something to look at. There are there there are you know, there's no more Jane Russell, Marilyn Monroe, Mamie Van Doren's around. Right, I don't exactly. know who they are. But you, you are absolutely, any man that looks at you does not want to have tea with you.
1: Uh,
3: All right. Any man that looks at you just wants to eat you up alive. So you have that sex appeal that, that very few actresses have today. Like Marilyn, or Jane, they had the sex appeal that men would go crazy if, if well, they know, just touched them.
0: And I were just talking about this because I said, you know, we have a lot of celebrities these days, but we don't really have stars. You know, he we're
2: missing it all the time. He I says it all the time.
3: We don't have sex symbols. Right. Like, you know, do you know who Mamie Van Doren is? Yes. Yes, I do. And Jane Mansfield. Yes. And Marilyn Monroe. Sophia yes. Loren.
0: We had all yes.
3: these sexy yes. man- Sophia Loren,
0: yes. Oh, my goodness.
3: So you have to promote yourself as the ultimate sex symbol. Yes.
0: Because you, you know what? T- I never yeah, thought man. about I never thought about marketing and branding myself that way and that is an amazing idea. Thank you for that.
3: Monique, I've been in your company and I've watched you and I see you and I know I know shit from Shinola. Um you are probably besides CeCe Pennington, who's a black singer,
0: Yes, I know Cece Pennington.
3: It's a good friend of ours she's a good friend of mine i think right. she's a beautiful woman but she comes close to you but not quite you They say could be very sexy i've seen sexy in some gowns and stuff where she really put herself together look hot but you're, you're, you're probably one of the most sexiest black women i've met thank you
2: seriously no i think that i think and we need to get you in. You know one I thing I'd love to see you in Bang one thing, Betty. One thing that Bang, be, that we've been invited to the next movie they're making the premiere. One, one thing that would be fun would be to uh you know uh, get get you get you in in some little some a little bit bigger horror movies where you have a more of a starring role as opposed to being one of an ensemble let let the movie more revolve around you a little bit.
3: More and could really you the Snuff Queen that you get men
0: and you suffocate them with your boobs and they die. <laughs> Die from Yes. I had one movie where my my boobs had teeth and they
1: they ate them so, You're
0: kidding? Yes, that was a very 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 independent film but it's called Bachelor Party in a Bungalow of the Dam.
2: And damn, <laughs> yeah, Bachelor Party in the bu- Bungalow and of the also, Dam. You- you did a bunch of Newcomb High and Bikini Bloodbath movies too,
0: didn't you? Yep. I did uh, Bikini Bloodbath Christmas. I did Return to Newcomb High, aka Volume 2. I did Shakespeare Shitstorm recently. That's been hitting the convention circuit. I was actually the straight person uh in that. I was um that's from The Tempest. It's okay. loosely based on the, the, the Tempest. Tempest. And I actually played Caliban, who, as you know in Tempest, is actually a black man. But huh? um but when I auditioned for the role, I really wanted the role, and Lloyd thought that uh, I had a strong enough presence to be able to carry that character sure. throughout the movie. So that was a, actually a supporting character, and I was, out of all of the craziness that happens in that, like the whale shit and all of that stuff, I'm the straight the straight guy.
3: Monique, so, last yeah. time I saw you, if I'm not mistaken, you were sort of a redhead. opera Yes,
0: yep.
2: Wow, you have a great memory. Yeah, well, uh, if somebody... He only remembers the people he likes, believe me. He can talk to somebody and 10 minutes later he doesn't know who the fuck they
1: are. (laughs) I mean, They're
2: not not worth remembering.
3: (laughs) I think I prefer you with the auburn hair. Do you? I think it makes your skin glow better and it's sexier. Black hair, Elizabeth Taylor wore it well. Right. Anybody else wears black hair well. I, I, not, I
0: either, think I think I, you're right. I recently played a mermaid where I kind of had like red Auburnish hair and everybody just reveled in that. I'm gonna send you that photo just so that you I, see yes, it. So I can see it. because
3: I used to be a hair colorist act I, I never made money when I was a kid. So I worked for something like New York, one of the best salons, and I was a hair color corrector. I used to correct bad color. So people would come to me and say, What's wrong with me? And I didn't want to say you're fat and ugly with bad skin. So I used to say, Your hair color is wrong. Well, you know, you, gotta, you can't be too honest, Monique. I mean, these, these were like 60 year old women all wrinkled with big red lips. You know, what's wrong with me? You're over made up. But anyway, um, I think the black hair is just to everybody.
0: It is. It is. What? I have been doing the regular when I do certain burlesque shows. Depends on what I'm doing. Uh what, she froze. what happened?
2: She froze.
0: Oh uh, Monique.
2: I don't know you guys, Monique froze. One, maybe bring her out and bring her back or something. I'm not sure. to see if we can get her to come back. I don't know what happened to her.
0: Okay. There you go. Um,
2: yeah, there we,
3: we go. Okay, we froze. I think uh, yeah. the red hair. Will bring you out more and individualize you more. Because yes. CC Pennings and I told her the same thing. She, she wears wigs all the time. And she had a black wig on. And I said, you know what? I have to mm-hmm. use an expression you're not gonna like. But you look too colored <laughs> with that black wig. You know, uncolored yourself. Look more Then she wore a long red one. And was awesome. she was so fucking drop dead. In that red wig that I went out of my mind and she agreed. Now CC already red. And when she got on the stage and she was singing, I got goosebumps. Look, and she was singing finally it happened to
0: me. Yeah.
3: Red hair in that gold lame gown with the tits hanging out. She was just theater. She was just movie star. So hang on to
2: you guys. So you guys you can follow Monique, you guys, she's on Instagram Mm -hmm. at Monique Gata Dupree. So it's M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-G-A-T-A-D-U-P-R-D-E. Um, check out all her different films. So so basically, uh, go, let's go back to the wrestling thing for a second. So you actually used to be a wrestler, though. Were you actually the person wrestling with people? Yes. yes. Did you
1: put that septic thing in your nose? Not
2: then, right? Because they'll hurt no. you.
0: Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. I dare somebody to touch my face. Don't... don't. <laughs> So, how, what was your record as a
2: wrestler? Did you win a lot? Never. You never won? <laughs> no, oh. because she used
3: to
0: trip over her boobs. How could she... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was never I was never the winner. Even uh, even being a manager, usually the people that I would uh, manage for wasn't the person that won. My job was to build them up and make them look better. Right. In right. their respective ways, you know, to build up their character. You right. know? so I was kind of like um, an accessory, which I don't mind being because I I also get to go out there and do something that I love, which is talk shit to people <laughs> and have people <laughs> boo me while I'm smiling at them. You know, it's,
2: it's no, really that's really awesome. That's your job, though. Yeah, you but they they, they don't.
0: If they boo you as they're whacking off. What are you? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're only booing me when I'm on television, but when they meet me, they're not like boo. You know, they're like, "Can I get a photo with you?"
1: You know. So. What's
3: Anthony doing?
0: He's actually working on his another poetry book and a novel. He's trying to get that whole thing straight. We we traveled together to the convention. So is he there now? Is he with you now? No, he's not here with me now. I'm here with my best friend. It's actually her birthday today, Happy so birthday. I'm. In- I tell her that you said she lives here in dallas so sometimes when i do wrestling work you know i i pick dallas over other places so that i can come see her and go to work at the same time you know so are you wrestling are you there working are you are you I, working in dallas? i i am here working i'm doing a surprise burlesque show so i will be able to talk about it after i do it yeah,
2: after you um, do it so,
0: so yeah yeah <laughs> Well, it was a surprise. I, it was a surprise for me to come see her. She didn't know I was coming to Dallas. So I couldn't announce that I was going to be here at all. So right. I figured this is perfect. So after I do that tomorrow, then I'm headed back to uh, Baltimore. And then I'll be at StellarCon in Bel Air, Maryland, the 7th and 8th. And then I'll be at Fayetteville Comic Con the 14th and 15th with Saint and with our 14 year old daughter, who's a nationally known artist now. Oh, she's a national no singing artist? Uh, no, no, an artist. Like, a, she paints. Okay, good yeah. for her.
2: Wow. Yeah. Did any any of your 10, ten kids, or any of them following you into entertainment?
0: Uh, Well, I have two artists. I have a, a singer. Uh, she's trying to get her life together with that. I'm trying to help her with that as well. Um, she has a song that a wrestling company is interested in using for one of their talents. So I hope that works out. Fingers crossed with that. Uh, I have a gymnast. I have, uh, they're all over the place, but they're all in some form of entertainment.
2: I love it. And how
0: many girls and how many boys? Six girls and four boys.
2: Wow, what
1: a...
0: Uh, <laughs> my oldest is actually moving to Reykjavik next year. To where? With her husband. To Iceland with her husband.
3: What the hell is she going to do in Iceland?
0: Ice it's cold.
2: There, it's cold in Iceland. She,
0: crazy? She, knows. she she knows, um, she's Is her, husband, married to- her husband from
2: Iceland, yes.
3: Well, oh, that's why. Oh, that makes she, sense. Yeah. All right, so you guys
2: follow Monique on oh, Instagram, me. check me. out all her
0: different great, cool movies. Thank you guys, so much, honestly, I do. We moved to New York, yeah. We'll once we're back in,
2: in New York, we'll be able to see
3: you because we'll go to some of yes. the
2: conventions
0: you're going to be at anyway. And,
3: uh, I, and I'll be in conventions too, so i or so well, we I, can I,
0: always just go out and have a bite to eat or something like that. Oh, I have a oh, thing. No, we're, gonna
3: go oh, club, no. we're gonna go clubbing. Are you kidding? Me? Like oh yes. Yeah. We're, clubbing. Clubbing.
2: we're
0: gonna
3: go out dancing.
0: All, All right, right, everybody
2: oh, oh, show me Got yeah. Dupree, the origin the the T H A D the the original Gatta. Thank you so much. Please give our best to Anthony and the family and have a great show and a great birthday party. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye it's okay, <laughs> Hey, everybody! Thanks so much for tuning in. We had a great show today with Aaron Marcus and Monique. So and we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks for being in the chat room, all you guys. And uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. We'll see you
1: next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, we in the mix. Oh.